Welcome, Mosaic. So glad to see you tonight. Glad to worship with you tonight. Would you stand with us? Let's sing of God's faithfulness together. You weren't by my 
Mosaic. How are y'all doing tonight? Good. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, my name is Dylan Grimes, and I have the incredible opportunity of getting to serve as our FSM Mosaic resident for this year. Um, Last May, so like four months ago, I got married, and about two weeks later, got to come out here, and it has just been such a pleasure um, getting to come and be welcomed and cared for cared for by so many of you guys. So thank you for welcoming me and my wife, Jules, into y'all's family. It is so nice to be here um, and to be with you guys. Um, If you are like me and are pretty new to Mosaic, we would love to get you guys connected. Um, There's a few ways that you can get connected. Um, You can either text MoNew to the number on the screen or after service, Um, If you like talking to people, you can come out in the foyer um, and just find somebody um, and talk to them um, and get connected. And there's there's a lot of people that'll be out there um, that would love to get you guys connected um, and to see opportunities to serve or just see new things that are happening in Mosaic. Um, Next thing that we got is roundtable talks. So there are a few really fun things that are happening next week. Um, One of them is Dr. Gary Oliver, um, a really cherished member um, of this congregation, is going to be teaching at five o'clock. And then after that, at the 630, um, we're going to have an opportunity for us as a church body to step away and to just talk as a church about really important things um, that are happening all around us. Um, so this next week, October 8th at 6.30, we're going to be talking about sexuality. Um, a lot of people are speaking in. Um, there's culture saying what they think, um, but we're going to have an opportunity as a church to just talk about that and what does the Bible say about sexuality and to just understand that together. So we would love to see you guys at that 5 and 6.30 if you can make it, and if you need um, child care, the last day to get signed up for that child care is tonight. So make sure um, that you um, get set up with child care tonight so that you can have plans to make it for that. Next thing we have is the Disaster Relief Fund. So I'm not sure if you guys have seen the news, but Florida is being hit by a really big hurricane, um, and we have the opportunity to partner um, alongside a church down in Florida um, and just support those people that are in need. Um, so if you are interested in giving, um, you can check out our Mo News page, or you can text RELIEF to this number on the screen um, and give, and 100% of those profits are going straight 
to the disaster relief. It's not being kept for them and then giving some. It's all going to relief for those people in Florida. Um, And if that's not something that you're able to do, just we would ask you to continue to just pray for those people because they're in need um, and they're really hurting. Um, So just continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Florida um, to be um, just cared for. So um, that is all that I have for you. Um, And I'm just gonna go ahead and pray before we get back into worship. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Um, Thank you for the weather changing um, and for us as a body to just come together um, to just be reminded of your goodness. Um, Whether we're in a really, really good season or a really hard season, um, I pray that tonight would just be an encouragement um, and we'd be reminded of your faithfulness and your goodness um, no matter what we can see. Um, You're so good. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Man, thanks, Dylan. Appreciate you, man. Church, we have an opportunity to behold Christ, the works that he's done tonight, and sing about him. So would you stand with me as we worship him tonight? Sing this together. He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him He who heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child He became like the least of Death as he rose to life. To be home. 
we continue in our worship, let's prepare our hearts for offering tonight. Let's read this together. Would you read this with me? Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give can match your great gift to us, your son and your spirit.
standing as we read the word of God tonight. Hi, I'm Mallory Easley. I'm in 11th grade, and I've been at Mosaic since about 7th grade, and I lead on Saturday nights during this service normally, so I get to join you guys tonight with the adults. (laughs) So fun. Um, I'm with 4th graders, and I love them so much, but I'm going to read the word. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has been now been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. 
His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, Fellowship Mosaic. Good to see everybody. The real Christian showed up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So good to be here with you. I'm Rodney Holmstrom. I'm the pastor of Celebrate Recovery uh, here at Fellowship, and I'm excited to be here with you tonight. This has been, I hope you've been enjoying this series of Ephesians as much as I have. One of my favorite books, a book that points to the glory of God. And also it allows us to understand what that means for us and what we do with that. A fascinating book. And so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13 tonight. And you can flip there if you want to. We'll have it on the screen as well if you want to check that out. But, But I want to challenge you, if I can, with something before we get into the text. Sometimes we can approach God's word as just information gathering, What is it saying? I just want to understand what it's saying. And there's a second part that's just as important that we need to make sure we're asking when we approach God's word. And it's asking, how will this impact me? How will it not just impact me? How will it impact us as a body of Christ, as the church? How will this change us to motivate us to move in the direction that God wants us to go? And so with that in mind, I want to give you a central thought as I was going through the text that that really just jumped off the pages. It will be something that we weave through our time in the next little bit together. And it's this, that that God's life-giving plan gives us, the church, a life-giving purpose. That should cause us to perk up in our seats because we all want a sense of purpose And so with that, let's jump into the text in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. And Paul says this, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Remember, that's us. We're the Gentiles. Now we have to kind of hit the pause button just for a second there because he's saying for this reason. Another way you can say that is as I think about these things. What things is he thinking about? He's kind of feeling the weight, and I think he's preparing us to feel the weight of this incredible gift that we have just talked about, that he's talked about prior. He's talking about and thinking about the privileges and the riches when we believe and receive Jesus Christ, great riches, when he's thinking about these being rescued and adopted into this family, to be unconditionally accepted, undeservedly And unconditionally loved. When I think about this this hope for a full inheritance, I'm invited to this full inheritance. He's thinking about that. He wants us to think about that. When he thinks about we are all reconciled with God and others because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Because of the gospel message, he said, I'm chewing on this and I'm thinking about this for the sake of you Gentiles. And he's getting ready to go into a point and he would actually pick up in verse 14. We're going to pick up in verse 14 next week 
with Dr. Oliver. But it basically starts out with we must bow to our knees because to think about these things should lead to a heart response of bowing to our knees in gratitude, in awe and praise and worship and respect. But it's almost as if he says, this is weighty enough to bow to our knees. But before we go there, I want to share something else. And man, it's a big weight. It's something that should impact us, a life-giving plan. And so let's jump into that. In verse 2, he says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. For that is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. Now, he's been talking about this and he's been hinting at this and, and he's saying, surely you've heard about this, but, but don't forget the administration of God's grace is what he first experienced that, that Jesus did in him. He administered this incredible gift and mercy and then he didn't just save him and give him life, he actually gave him a calling. And it's pretty cool because he's getting ready to invite us into that same process. Now, I want to give you kind of a, a metaphor here, a visual metaphor. This is a sponge, kind of an ugly, ratty sponge. But its sole purpose is to soak up water. That's its, that's its purpose is to soak it up. But it doesn't end there. In fact, if this sponge is only filled up with water and you put it on a shelf, what's going to happen? It's going to begin to smell and rot and break apart, and it's going to lose its full functionality. I think what, what, as we walk through this, this next little bit together, I want you to just understand Paul saying, this was given to me, this grace was given to me so that I could give it to you. See, the sole purpose of the sponge is to be filled up and then to be wrung out so that I can give it to others, and Paul's saying, I have been filled up. This administration of grace has been given to me. I have been filled up, and I am carrying it forward to you. And that's what he's challenging us with in this next little bit. Now, one of the things that, that jumps out to me, and it's such a good practice to do when we get into God's word, is to look for words where we see duplicates. And we see mystery in there a few times. But you know the word that jumped out to me is this word gift or given or shares as the body of Christ. This is a gift to be given this. And it's to be shared as a body of Christ. And that's what Paul is reminding us here. Now he's getting into the revelation. He's beginning to reveal this mystery that's pretty stinking powerful and impactful for us, or at least it should be. In verse four, it says, he, said, he goes on to say, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. See, Paul's reminding us that if you read this and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you let it sit and marinate in your heart and, and put it on and fully take in this message then you will begin to understand it and it will impact you and it will move you to a beautiful purpose, a life-giving plan that leads us to a life-giving purpose. Read it and you'll understand. Verse five, this, this mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God, God's holy apostles and prophets. 
Now, put yourself in the story. This is so good. It's a good practice when you're reading God's word. Put yourself in the story. You're the church of Ephesus, and you're reading these words penned by Paul. And he's telling you something. I'm about to make something known that previous generations have never heard. Wouldn't that cause you to kind of sit up in your seat and go, whoa, this is big. What news is this? I want to learn something. I want to hear this. What is he about to tell me? And hopefully it would prompt us in the same way. What is this thing that he's about to tell us? And he picks up in verse six. He says, the mystery is, and if this was a movie, this is where you would cue the dramatic music, right? The mystery is. And the pause, what is it? The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Now, I've been guilty of this when I read, read God's word sometimes. I've read that a hundred times. And we read it and we kind of yawn at it. And we go, what's the big deal? Okay, yeah, we're heirs of Christ. This is a big deal. Because that means you and I as Gentiles are invited to the table. We are shares in this incredible gift in Christ. That we become a part of a greater movement. A part of this body we call the body of Christ. And that's a big deal. And it's easy just to kind of brush by that, but we're shares in, in this message together. We're, we're all one. Matt alluded to this last week in talking about just being unified, right? That we are one body. And what's so cool is we're not robots. We don't look the same. We don't think the same. We don't look the same and act the same. We are different, but we are one. We're diverse in age and background and ethnicity, and race, and even political parties. But we are one body. Together, we have just become one. And this is big news. This is a game changer for all of us. It should be a game changer. I'm now a part of a family of God. I don't have to face this broken world by myself. And Paul's reminding us of this. Verse seven, he says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. I love that language. Don't miss this. He's saying, I'm a servant, not because I'm a really great guy and I have it all together and I'm really strong and I'm really smart. Now he's saying, I am a servant of this gospel. Why? Because of the gift that was given me. Every ounce of fruit that comes out of Paul and from Paul first had to come to him. Power and gifts do not come from us. They first come to us and they sit in us and they work through us. And Paul's reminding us that he is a servant, not because of his great power and this being a great guy, but because of this gift of God's grace that was given him through the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through him. And that's an incredible thing that we need to hold on to because as Paul grew closer and he hangs out with the Father and he just allows his love and his grace and his mercy to just saturate his mind and his heart, the more he grew and, and, and stayed connected with him, the more he grew in his awareness of the grace 
this is too much to keep to myself. I've got to share this. God has called him to share this message with us. He invites us to do the same thing. The more we grow closer to him, the more fruit comes out of us. And we get to be a part of this great message. That love that, that Paul is showing us, the, the gospel message, is something you and I have access to. It's a privilege. How can we keep that contained? An ordinary person doing extraordinary things. We're a bunch of messed up people, and Paul was a messed up dude. God is using him in a, an incredible, extraordinary way. My wife and I have done some travels to the Middle East, and, and our very first trip to the Middle East was Syria. And we took Celebrate Recovery over there and, and talked about Celebrate Recovery. But while we were there, we were able to walk the streets of Damascus. And, and the actual street, straight street, where, where, where Saul was converted, and he, he was blind and was given his sight. And I was just kind of struck thinking about, as I'm reading this text, that here's a man who, who was broken, who was so far away from God. And yet God, through Jesus Christ, is giving him this grace message. That should make all of us feel pretty good. If God could do that, and Jesus Christ could do that through Paul, he can do that through us. My wife and I also went to Turkey. She went to Turkey ahead of me, and, and they, they went and visited Ephesus. And it was fascinating just kind of processing with her. What struck you the most, Carol, in your trip? And she said, I was struck by thinking about Paul and the church of Ephesus and being given this message that we read about in print that we can take for granted. But they, they didn't just keep it to themselves. They carried it forward. What if they hadn't done that? What if they had not done their part? Would you and I have even heard the gospel? To be filled up is not enough. To ring it out on other people is the gospel message to carry it forward. And that's exactly what Paul's doing. I can't, this is too much to keep to myself. In Celebrate Recovery, we say we can't keep it unless you give it away. And that's exactly what Paul is telling us here. I've got to share this with you. The fruit that he puts in us the love and mercy and grace he lavishes on us is to be used to transform and lavish onto other people. Paul is reminding us of this. Verse eight, he goes on to say, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me, there's that word given again, to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. He's given us the why and the what. I've been given this and this is my mission. Now, we can read that, although I'm less than the least of these, and we can kind of think that maybe he's got some false humility happening here. You know when you, you have that big work project and you just kill it and knock it out of the park, and everybody's like, man, that was amazing. You did such a great job. And you're like, oh, I only spent a couple hours on it. It, it was nothing. I, I, I'm incapable of doing these kind of things. It was just kind of a freak thing. And inside you're going, I'm amazing. I killed it. That's not what Paul's saying here. Paul understands what it's like to be blind and be given sight. He knows what it's like to be dead and now be given life, to be lost and now be found. And he's saying, I don't deserve this mission. 
I don't deserve the very grace that God is filling me in, giving me and putting inside me. And that gives him a, a greater sense of awareness of why he's doing what he's doing, why he's carrying out this mission that God has called him to in this place, to carry it forward. How can we keep such great news to ourselves? Paul is saying, this is too big. It's gotta be carried forward, so I'm sharing it with you. He says, to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone, in verse nine, the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Now that word, that mystery, can be a little bit misleading. When we read mystery novels and we watch movies, it's like there's this unsolved mystery that nobody knows about, and together we're gonna put our heads together and we're gonna solve this. That's not what's happening. It's not that it wasn't known, it's that it's being now revealed to you and I. See, this, this revelation was hinted at in the Old Testament. But now in God's timing, he's revealing it to us. And what a gift that he's revealing it to us. My granddaughter was born last week yesterday. Some of you know Taylor and Luke Dinger. They had their first baby, my first granddaughter, yesterday, a week yesterday. It's pretty cool stuff. But I remember when they were talking about being pregnant and we were kind of dreaming, I wonder what she's gonna look like. Is it gonna be a girl? Is it gonna be a boy? And technology is pretty accurate, isn't it? Pretty accurate. Sometimes they get it wrong. It's a girl. Okay, so it's a girl. And then we see these kind of weird fuzzy pictures and we kind of get an idea of the shape of the body and what they're gonna look like. And it's like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> but we don't fully know. There's questions. Is she gonna have hair when she comes out? Is it gonna be light? Is it gonna be dark? How long are her fingers gonna be? Is she gonna have big feet? She does have big feet, by the way. Long legs, we don't know what, what's her nose gonna look like, what's her ears, and what is the sound of her voice gonna be when she first cries out? We didn't know any of that. Doesn't mean that God didn't know, it was hidden in God. The creator of the cosmos already knew exactly how she would look, what she would sound like, and every feature of her body, but it was in the birthing process that was finally revealed to us what God knew all along. Pretty cool. That's exactly what Paul is talking about here, that it has been hidden in God, hidden in God, and now it's being revealed. The one who created all things is revealing it to you and I. So this life-giving plan is now being revealed, and now Paul is getting ready to turn the corner and give this life-giving purpose. What's our part in this incredible life-giving plan? And he picks up with the invitation now in verse 10. His intent, God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is pretty cool to think about. God's kind of showing off a little bit right here. Even the, 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 the celestial audience, the angels are, are watching and they're wondering, how is God going to put all this together? How is he going to put this plan together? 
In the world that, that we live in, this planet, they're all watching and they're seeing how God is putting this plan together. And in his perfect timing, according to his purpose, at this very moment, God is saying through this church, who's the church? That's us. It's not a building. It's us individually. God is getting ready to use a bunch of really messed up people. If you look around the room, there's a bunch of messed up people in this room. But God's saying, I'm gonna use these messed up people. And can you imagine the angels going, what? Paul? You're using Paul? Do you know what Paul did in his past? You're using Rodney? Do you know how horrendous he was in his past? You're using him? This is mind-boggling. God's saying, I'm going to use all these broken people. I'm not only going to give them their salvation, but I'm going to give them a life-giving purpose. It's not enough to be filled up. We need to wring it out that we as a church can be used to be the light for a hurting, broken world. How cool is that that he would choose to use us? And we don't even have to do it by ourselves. We can lock arms as a church and walk together as a church as one body unified in Christ to change a world, a hurting, broken world. God's showing off his goodness. That means that we, if we go back to the beginning of this chapter, we can actually start our introduction as I insert your name. I am a prisoner, I am a mom, a dad, I am a, a, a salesman, I am a, a realtor, I am a doctor, I am a musician, a salesman, a mechanic, a line worker, whatever I am, I am doing it for the sake of the gospel so that others can see Jesus' fruit in me that he sent me, that came from him that is sitting in me and impacting me and for me so that he can work through me. That's amazing. God could use me and you, broken people, that Jesus says matters to him so much that he would send his one and only son to die. And the way we give him glory is to be the church, to go out, to go make sure that people understand this incredible gospel message. He says, the manifold wisdom of God, that we would share this, that it should be made known. Now, here's where I felt a little bit convicted when I was reading through this. Sometimes I get a little bit ahead of myself, and I've got my speech prepared on leading people to Christ and telling them about Jesus. You need Jesus. You're really messed up. And what I forget is I need to have something that is attractive to even have the conversation. So I felt the Holy Spirit kind of talking to me, saying, Rodney, is there anything in you that's attractive to even sit down and talk about this Jesus that you say is your Lord? Do people see the fruit in me? Do they see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Do they see that, the love and mercy in me being shown to a broken world that they would want to sit down and say, you've got something different in my workplace, do people see this in me and they want to lean in and say, tell me about this Jesus that impacted your life in such a way that we would see this fruit coming 
through you that first came to you and is working through you. Is there something attractive in me that's leading people to understand or want to know? It should be made known, but it's gotta be just, not just through my words, but through my actions. See, we, we really need to, as a church, make sure we are meeting together. We'll Im- we won't impact the world by just coming to church. Because guess what? They're not in here. But we will impact the world by being the church. I think that's what Paul is saying. And here's kind of the central thought in that is that generosity should be our habit. The way we love generously, that we show kindness generously, that we show that just that generosity oozing from us, that we're literally dripping with the fruits of the Spirit not because we're really strong people and really great people, because we're connected with the source that is the provider of the resources to allow us to carry this message forward so that it can be made known. And I love the way Paul ends this little space of the scripture. He's, he's kind of focusing on resilience. It's almost like he's giving us a little bit of a pep talk because he knows it's hard because it's hard for him. He's in prison probably for five years and probably not having a great time. But he's teaching us about resilience in verse 12. He says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, because of that, because of our faith and our faith in him, not to be discouraged because of the suffering, my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Can you imagine the church of Ephesus just thinking about their buddy Paul being in prison? The anger and the emotions that would come up in distress. It's like, why is this happening? And it's almost like Paul is reminding us, guys, don't focus on the suffering. Be resilient. Stay the course. Don't lose heart. There's a bigger mission, a bigger picture at play here. God has brought this to us, not to keep for ourselves. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I promise you it will be worth it. Let Christ work in you. You stay connected with your source and he will give you the resources. And in the pain, we'll have reminders that this is a part of our maturing process. And when we experience suffering and pain in the journey, that there'll be another opportunity to choose Christ yet again, to keep our eyes on him, a dependence on him, and a great reminder that this is not our final home. Aren't you glad this is not our final home? This is just a resting place. We know how the story ends. And Paul is saying, don't lose heart. Don't focus on my suffering. Stay the course. God's got you. A couple years ago, I had the opportunity to teach at a Celebrate Recovery conference, and there was over 10,000 people in person and online watching this conference. And we got permission to, to stream it inside of Folsom Prison. If you're not familiar with that, it's, it was considered one of the, the bloodiest prisons on the planet. I mean, really, really violent until Celebrate Recovery got in there. But there was a man on death row, he was watching this, we were presenting the gospel through Celebrate Recovery, and this guy was watching this, and he was taking this good news in that was being shared, and it rattled his his heart. 
and there was one of our leaders on the inside, he said that this guy started banging on the bars and yelling at the top of his lungs, get someone in here, I need Jesus. And the chaplain came in, and he shared the gospel And that man who will never see the light of day, knowing he will spend the rest of his life in that cell until they give him the injection to end his life, received Christ and was never more free than he'd ever been in that very moment. Here's what I was struck when I heard that story. It's like, This gospel message is so fresh for that person. There is a broken world out there that needs to hear the good news that you and I already know as believers in Jesus Christ. We have received this, and this is a precious gift. But what a waste if we just put this on the shelf because it begins to smell and rot and break apart. No, Paul is reminding us that the gospel message that we have received, the grace, the gift that is undeserved, must not just be taken and reserved for ourselves but transformed and lavished on other people. There are people that need to hear this message. My prayer is that I would have the same enthusiasm as Paul, even in his suffering, same kind of enthusiasm as the the man on death row that wants to receive this message. I would have the same kind of enthusiasm to make sure that my family, my community, my neighborhood The world knows of this message, this life-giving message that God has given me. Chuck Swindoll says this. He says, to the Ephesians, Paul's being under arrest may have made the outlook seem bleak, but the outlook was clear. God had not lost sight of Paul, and he doesn't lose sight of us either. It's a hard journey being a believer in Jesus Christ and being the church in a broken world that's not real fond of what we practice. But Paul's not gonna lose sight of you. He didn't lose sight of Paul and he's not gonna lose sight of us. Us. We don't have to do this alone. We're in this together. We get to lock arms and walk on this journey. I know some of you are probably like I was for so long. When I think about my past, And I think about when I came to this point of first receiving this truth and receiving it and going, God, thank you for for forgiving me for my broken past. God, I'm not worthy to do what you're asking me to do. I'm not worthy. Do you know how bad I was? You can pick somebody else who's smarter, maybe knows the scriptures more. You can't use me. Here's what I know. I want to encourage you, us as the church. We are the church. The enemy cannot defeat us as a church. He cannot defeat you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Know that. Let that marinate in your hearts. And knowing that, the enemy knows he can't can't defeat us. Guess what his life mission is? To discourage the church. To keep us from carrying this message forward. And he whispers, you are so disobedient. There's someone better out there to do the job. Just sit back and hope that someone else brings us good news. This is too big to contain. Here's what I tell people all the time. 
And I have to tell myself the same thing. Don't let yesterday's disobedience and dishonoring God become justification for today's disobedience. God, this is too big. You have given me this gift. And if I fully appreciate the grace given to me, just like it was given to Paul and his willingness to share with us, may I understand and appreciate the weight. God, this is too big. I want to grow closer to you. I want to have a greater appreciation for this grace. God, I want to share with the world. And it means I might have awkward conversations and it might be embarrassing and they'll call me a Jesus freak and a holy roller. I don't care. I want people to know the grace that was given to me so that they can taste and see what I have experienced in my walk. So where are you? Where's your heart? Are you on the sidelines, scared, and the enemy's whispering? You are the church. Therefore, you can approach the throne of God with freedom, confidence, and boldly go where God has called us to lock arms and go as a church. That's a life-giving plan. God's life-giving plan gives you and I a life-giving purpose. May we carry that mission forward as a church.
sing that again. Would you pray this with us? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. As I want to see you. I want to see you. Amen. Would you read this prayer with me? God of the universe, thank you that you really do love us. Even when we don't feel it, you love us. Thank you that you love to bless people. We experience your blessings every day. Thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Christ, we are chosen. In Christ, we are set apart. In Christ, we are adopted. In Christ, we are redeemed. In Christ, we are forgiven. Through Christ, you have lavished grace upon us. Through Christ, you have made known to us your will. Through Christ, you have chosen us for the praise of your glory. Through Christ, you have sealed us with your Holy Spirit. Through Christ, you have guaranteed our inheritance. God of blessing, thank you. There's no darkness in your eyes There's no question in your mind God Almighty God of mercy There's no hiding from your face There's no striving in your grace God of mercy God Almighty God Almighty Let's sing this together Let there, let there be light
desperate just to know who you are. I love that line of that song. Lord, will we be a church that as we seek that understanding of who you are, Father, that we would have eyes to look around and see each other, to look one another in the eye as we grow together, Father. We love you, God. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer tonight, we'll have our prayer team down front. If you uh, need to connect with anybody about anything going on in our church, please connect with our staff in the lobby. 
Let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the people said, see you next week, church. Have a good weekend.